Hello, Internet. Uh, this is the 40 on Streams Mag, and you're with Eleanor. And Leroy. Yep. And we are interviewing... Dennis. Oh. <laughs> My name is Dennis Kampa. I host a radio show on co-op uh, with 91.7 FM, KOP.org, called Adventures in Sound. It airs Saturdays 1 to 2 p.m., and it's a variety show, mainly playing older music, I'd say, recorded between the early part of the 20th century to circa 1970, but a lot of contemporary local bands would play in earlier styles. Uh, we saluted everyone from Liberace to Paul McCartney. That's pretty, that's pretty great. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I have a question, actually. So in Adventures in Sound, the description of the website, you mentioned that you're trying to find the answer to life. <laughs> and here we're trying to figure out what's the question you're trying to answer, Dennis? Th that's r that was uh, something tongue-in-cheek, Leroy. I, I, I used to joke about, um, yeah, I honestly thought when I started collecting weird records when I was uh, about 18, 19, that I thought I was looking for the answer for something. So my standard, so my standard line is now, since I haven't found that, so I keep buying records. That's why I have so many records in my house and continue to buy them. In fact, I just came uh, this last weekend, Jay Robillard from the Lounge Show, and I went on a road trip and. Both did very nicely. We both picked up uh, quite a few really good records, so, so we're both real happy about that. Yeah, I love that reasoning, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, got to keep finding the answer to life. Well, uh, is... Oh, we have something for you, actually. Oh, yes, we do. This is mm -hmm. a copy of Do They Know It's Christmas, which I understand you have a lot of Christmas records. You may already have this, so here's one to frame. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, actually, I do not have this. Yes, I do have a lot of Christmas records. Mm. That is a ho hobby within the hobby. Uh, there's a lot of fun ones, and there's ones that are just, well, there's something else altogether. Yeah, I do. I cannot say I have any Christmas thing with Adam Clayton and, and Phil Collins and Jody Watley. And James Taylor, I go, whoa. Yeah, you can show the same photo to that, because uh, the back the, of that has everyone. This, this may be even better than that Liberace Christmas 78 I have. No. <laughs> no, no. Uh, maybe. You may be right. Maybe. Well, thank you, y'all. I'm looking yes. forward to hearing that. Yes. Um, so, actually, tell us why, in particular, you're interested in Christmas music. Well, Christmas music can make you feel good. I mean, admittedly, there's a lot of stuff that's overplayed because uh, it's a bottomless pit when you go to the dive through record bins or use CD bins. I mean, a lot of it, like any other type of music, is lousy, to be blunt. So some of it's fun, but there's also a lot of really good Christmas stuff. I have a couple of LPs of rock and roll Christmas records from the 50s and 60s, Ooh. and there's a lot of good, and there's some really good jazz stuff from the 20s and 30s as well. And there's some great satiric Christmas pieces by Tom Lehrer and Stan Freeberg. Favorite, yeah. yeah, and so and of course Cheech and Chong's uh, Santa Claus and his old lady. So there's a lot of fun stuff outside of the the handful of songs which gets played every holiday season. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I do like White Christmas, but there, there's a lot of other Christmas songs. Hell, Bing made a lot more Christmas songs on top of that. Bing Crosby. So, but it. It puts me in a good mood, uh, you know, um, uh, th that time of year, because we live in Texas, so I'm hoping for snow, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hoping it's snow and nice outside, you know. Yeah. Dennis, please tell us about the records that you brought. Well, I brought a variety of records with me um, for a variety of reasons. 
some of which, well, I'm not going to have time to show all of them, but well, we've got plenty of time. It's all right. But some time, of them yes. are were influential. Others of which are, uh, well, this one is particular. This is uh, called Delirium and Hi-Fi. It's in the 1950s. It's Elsa Popping and her Pixieland band, which actually is uh, band leader Andre Pop. I'm pretty sure this is the LP where I got the uh, the name Adventures in the Sound from. That was a series of albums that Columbia had in the 50s, like an Adventures in Sound. So that I thought it was a good name for a radio show, and it stuck. Fun. Yeah, that's great. And then. Um, Oh, no, the origin story of Adventures in Sound, that's interesting. <laughs> and then let's see, right here is the first of many Dr. Demento compilations I bought way back in 1989. This album came out in 1975. It's actually Dr. Demento's first compilation LP, Dr. Demento's Delights, which has such delights by folks like Spike Jones, R. Crumb, yes, the cartoonist, and uh, Alan Sherman, and of course Doodles Weaver with the definitive version of Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby picks up the mice in the ch Eleanor Rigby raises the price, uh, chops up the ice. Oh, I am what is Eleanor it? Rigby uh, looks for the light, but I, I, well, I am, I'm trying to sing this song. All I want to do is do Eleanor. Oh, 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 I'll do it myself. Look at all the lonely people. Eleanor Rigby eats all the rice in the church for her wedding had been. No, not eats all the it, rice. It was it kept in print on vinyl till the late 80s when I bought it, so you can probably still find this on vinyl. It shows up fairly frequently. So I highly recommend that one. What does Crumb do on there? That you're not named after. It, I'm not named after <laughs> that song. No, no. no. Now, this is... <laughs> And then this um, shows you what a obsessive sicko I am. Um, now, it seems like the same album. It's two copies of Liberace now, but one is mono and one is stereo. Oh. If an album from, uh, came out in both formats, I tried to find both. And uh, I mean, what can you say? Liberace looking extremely sharp and mod. Yeah. In, in the 60s, all the veteran stars tried to do their now, today, mod album. And... Uh, those are always a lot of fun. So this is a Liberace mod album then? Well, yeah, I mean, he, he sings on two songs. Well, sort of sings. He sings uh, he, <laughs> he, he sings on Mame and Tap Dances, and he talks, sings Impossible Dream, which um, his version of Impossible Dream, I, I always contend, is when it, it, it's right up there with uh, recordings um, among the greatest ever made. To dream 
the impossible dream to be better far than you are to try when your arms are too weary to reach the unreachable star this is my quest to follow that star no matter how hopeless No matter how far to be willing to give when there's no more to give. You can talk about records before and after it like you can talk about, you know, literature before and after Ulysses or a painting before and after Picasso. It's like that. <laughs> Why well, I have a follow-up question to that because you brought some pretty awesome records. You've got a nice Amoeba bag, Amoeba Records, you know, for the people out there who oh, don't yeah, know. Oh, yeah, Amoeba Records, uh, Cal three stores in California. Yeah, I've amazing place. And... Yeah. So, I mean, you grew up in grew up in Austin. Did you ever go to like Sound Exchange or what was like a place you really went to back in the day to buy records? Even maybe even now. Oh, well, there's a n any number of places. Yeah, I mean, Sound Exchange, the late lamented Sound Exchange. Um, I still have a sticker which I haven't opened yet for Sound Exchange, and I have oh. quite a few records, that, particularly 45s that have a Sound Exchange sticker on it. I'm proud to say. Awesome. And for you those who are not bet here in Austin. It was on 21st in Guadalupe, where, what's there now, Baja Fresh or something like that? I think it's actually a Thai place. It's a Thai, yeah, it, it keeps changing, but uh, anyway, uh, that was always good um, for good cheap stuff. Uh, trying to think what's gone. I, I guess the record stores that are no longer around, that was the, that was the favorite. Sound on Sound was always really good, too. Sound on Sound, which was on North Loop. Uh, that came along much later, I think in '04. So it closed in, be, I think late '09, early 2010. As far as now, uh, Breakaway is always really good. Uh, that Breakaway is good uh, for finding new stuff. Waterloo, of course, is still great for finding new stuff. Antones is good. Uh, I don't get to go to Friends of Sound often, but that's always good. I find. Interesting stuff in the back room in the bargain section, which is where I usually am. Oh, end of an ear as well. So, yeah. you know, we're lucky. We live in this town where we have at least six good record stores plus all the thrift stores and half price and the record conventions yeah. twice a year. So right. Austin's a vinyl city. Just don't, you folks from out of state, out of country, don't come here and take my records, goddammit. Anyway. He'll fight you. So, Dennis, why the love for Liberace? <laughs> That's right. I do have a picture of Liberace framed them. Um, even though it is a plastic frame, I have one on my wall. Well, well plastic frame. Plastic frame. No, well, Liberace I've always liked, and Taylor likes him too, and a number of other friends of mine. Well, he was just so charming. So over the top. I mean, such a flamboyant dresser. Um, if you've seen footage of him playing, he definitely was Mr. Showmanship. That was one of his names. Because he, he was an excellent pianist and knew how to put on a great show, dressed flamboyantly. He mixed up classical music with pop tunes like Beer Barrel Polka. Because he tried to do classical thing initially and they found, okay, well, I make more money by doing the uh, pop. So he mixed it up. So it was a balance of that. And he had no problem making fun of himself, uh, poking fun of himself, which he did on the Smothers Brothers and Jack Benny and other shows, so he was always good-natured about that. Uh, I, he was also on the Muppet Show as well. He, he yeah, he he was on TV a lot. Um, I remember he died in 1987. I, in the 
1970s as a kid, I still remember he was still on TV all the time. He was one of those fa people in the, who was on TV a lot in the 70s, uh, all the time. Yeah. Housewife, housewives loved him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so just like Liberace was uh, pretty popular with Housewives, tell us, like, are you very popular with Housewives, Mr. Dennis Compa? Uh, well, Leroy, I'm not sure if I am or not. Um, I... I don't think I've ever asked housewives if they listen to my show. I know, I think some do. I mean, I'm sure folks of all types listen to my show. You know, housewives, house husbands, um, the criminally insane, <laughs> ju aging juvenile delinquents. You know, all sorts of people listen to it. Um, but you know, because it appeals to a wide audience due to the fact that it can be vastly different week to week. But uh, I have had quite a few, but seriously, I have had quite a few ladies tell me to like the show, which is nice, and it's even nice, nicer when they say they're single, so, you know. Exactly. That can't hurt. So, following <laughs> up with that, ladies, um, so, back in the 90s, you used to know Mr. Keith, or you took over a show from Mr. Keith, the Public Domain Theater. Um, so, you actually took over a host of the Public Domain Theater. Could you tell us about that? Well, uh, Keith Cristalis was hosting a show on public access, host producing and hosting a show called White Noise, and this was in 91, 92, and I was doing sound on the show right before it called Ask Livia Live. Uh, Livia was, a, a, uh, oddly enough, a PhD student in geophysics, but she did this kind of sexy show where she gave people advice. She sat on the couch and showed off her legs. You know, you know. Uh, I don't. I'm not qualified to give advice by doing it anyway. But anyway, so I was. T I, you know, I'd see White Noise because they were on right after us, but they were on in the studio because there was a small studio and the big studio at AC at ACTV, which is on um, Northwestern off of Rosewood. ACTV, what's that? Austin Community Television, public access awesome. television. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I think. You know, on White Noise, they did all sorts of crazy sketches, and and Keith hosted it, and they would show, like, old TV commercials and stuff. And so I chatted with Keith, I think, one time in the equipment room around January, February of 92, and I was really impressed with what he was doing. And apparently my knowledge impressed him, because a couple months later, he ditched that show and started two new shows, or produced new two new shows. Hmm. Uh, White Noise, hosted by Mark Capps and Dave Lewis, which aired uh, the first, and then uh, Public Domain Theater. Uh, and the idea behind Public Domain Theater is we showed old short films where the copyright had expired, hence its name, mainly cartoons and comedy shorts. Uh, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, um, cartoons made by Looney Tunes or whoever, where the copyright expired. But the idea was Keith and I were going to be co-hosts. He actually hosted the first first one solo on oh. on May 11th of '92. I was working on. I was a student at the time and had had tests finals the next day, so okay. I, I didn't make that. But we co-hosted the the next couple, and then Keith decided that that it'd be better if I just hosted it solo. But he continued to produce it, cool. so that that's how we did it. He produced most of them. Another guy by the name of Chris Hassey hosted some, produced some of the other ones. But there is some footage up on YouTube that we did for promos where I walk out of a movie. We did real blue screen and all. 
I remember at the time, you know, this is 20 years ago, Keith was saying, hey, I want you to walk out of this movie or, oh, we can't do that. Yes, we can. And this is at ACTV 20 years ago. But it came off very smoothly. You know, Keith was definitely um, really technically savvy. Yeah. And we won an Austin Chronicle Award, too. Uh, I, I need to find the certificate. It's somewhere in the house. But it was best public access show without music except for Dick Price. Dick wrote our theme song for public domain theater and oh, cool. did some of the accompaniment for some of the silent films. So I, I won a, we won a Chronicle Award. Then I won one many years later, uh, actually last fall for Adventures in Sound um, as well. September 10th of 05, Adventures in Sound debuted 7 to 8 p.m., and it was there for the next eight months. Then in May of 06, it went one to two. And except for one six-month period, late 07, late, early 08, it's been one to two ever since. And um, like I said, it's just a gap. I just, after I got back from San Antonio, after living there for a couple of years in my early 30s, I decided to get involved with the co-op. And I knew I would stick with it. I just didn't know I'd be continuing doing it when the Chronicle Award would... You know, it's, it's almost seven years. It'll be seven years in September. Yes. So after more than more, thanks more than three hundred episodes, and it is addicting. I mean, I did. I've done Invention Sound for many more years before uh, than I did Public Domain Theater. Yeah. Uh, TV was fine, but I prefer doing radio because it's just me. Unless I, mm -hmm. if I don't have any guests, it's just me in the studio. Most of us at Co-op operate our own control boards. We're queuing up the records, writing down when we play announcements. Checking the tower reading. Uh, we have you know two CD, three CD players, and two turntables. So it it is pretty much a one-person operation, which is what I like. And we get to choose all of our own music as well, since I have a freeform show. No, nobody said what I can and can't play. Obviously, I have to obey FCC rules. But other other than that, you know, there's nobody says that record's too scratchy or that's too weird. So or you can't do another Liberace birthday show. <laughs> I have uh, one question here. So, um, growing up, me personally growing up in Austin, and maybe her, well, her too as well, growing up in Austin, Texas, we, our first exposure to someone like Dr. Demento was Z102, which used to be a classic yeah. rock station back in the day. Uh, now I think a either a hip-hop station or a Christian music station, one of the two. <laughs> it's a comedy station now, that's wow. right. Our, that's our cameraman knows it's a comedy station. Now... When was your first time listening to Dr. Mento, and how did that, how was that for young Dennis Kampa? Well, the first time I heard of Demento was around 80, 81. I was about 11. And, you know, I did kind of listen to it casually. But I really got into Demento my senior year of high school. I graduated high school in 1988. I lived in Dallas from 81 to 89. I, I moved back in June of 89. Um, in my senior year of high school, this was the fall of a set of 87 uh, there was a guy sat behind me interesting cat by the name of John Standerfer and he's telling me about Dr. Demento I said oh I'd heard of him and okay I listened to again and I started listening to it a lot and I became much more of a fan than he was and I started taping I still have episodes I still do to this day and so I like them a lot too so, but this is the music I go huh there's gotta be and I like the idea of like some wacko making a, some whacked out record circa 1965 or some yeah. crazy record from 1930 or so. So it got me on my quest and again Dr. Demento's Delight I bought that in 89 and about 89 when I was 19 is when I really started okay let me find some of the really strange oddball older records and 
it seemed that a lot of them, as the more I've dug the decades, a lot of the really weird ones are going to be the older ones, not all of them, but a lot of them. And uh, some have been reissued, some have not. That's I've been buying 78s for the past decade as well, and there's awesome. a lot of stuff in that format. As is 45, it's never been reissued. Same with LP. Some you have to dig and yeah. have many different formats to collect in. But and I was very happy. I got to interview Dr. DeBento by phone on my radio ah. show on October 24th of '09. Um, I did a special Weird Al Yankovic 50th birthday show with. Uh, one of the hosts of Non-Breaking Space, a jazz show before mine, we actually, he jettisoned his show for the day, and we did a two-hour Weird Al Yankovic 50th birthday show. We interviewed Dr. Demento by phone, uh, and apparently the stream was maxed out, and people were listening in parking lots. But that was a real uh, privilege, interviewing Demento by phone, and uh, very modest man, um, very funny, and, you know... I've heard the playback a couple of times, and I still get a tingle when he says, stay demented at the end. It's like, oh, he was on my show. So that was uh, one of the proudest moments of my life so far. Beautiful. <laughs> kind of curious, what about the future of Adventures Sound? What's next for Dennis Compa and Adventures in Sound? Well, Leroy Elliott, I hope to continue, as I said, doing this show for many years. I cannot see myself not doing this show because I likely won't move because I've had the same... I've lived in the same house for years, and I've had the same day job for seven years, and I've gotten lazy and comfortable. So I lived in Austin on and off for more than 30 years, so I likely won't move uh, in spite of the heat. Um, and even if my show were three hours long, I would still not play all the records in my lifetime uh, that I own because uh, nearly everything I place in my collection. And, oh, let's see, this fall we have a hot... Uh, Taylor Cage and I are going to do a scary Halloween show. Um, oh God, uh, we, uh, God, what else will we have? Uh, you know, I always do a couple Christmas shows as well, and there's there's all sorts of fun stuff ahead. Uh, so there's always an event. There's always something. Th there's always something. Once in a while, I want to cut block. You know, I I go through. I don't even plan this. Sometimes I'll have bands on four weeks in a row and then after that of course I, I want to do a couple solo shows but I try to schedule it okay okay let's have guests a couple weeks in a row and then I'll do three a couple of weeks solo the, ne the next couple as the last few have been, have been solo um, but again it's every Saturday 1 to 2 p.m. on 91.7 FM or KOP.org 1 to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time Adventures in Sound and the playlist you can find easily Google Adventures in Sound Co-op and it's KOP Radioactivity and again you can email me Adventures in Sound at KOP.org I'm happy to take requests and we'll see if we can uh, work it into a theme on the show um, and there's other things I have up my sleeve and sometimes it, it takes a, a couple of years before I get it on but eventually it does happen at some point. Well, I'm glad you're going to keep trucking with it because, you know, I can't imagine doing anything else on a Saturday afternoon than listening to Adventures in Sound. Well, thank you. So, mm -hmm. thank you. Kind of, a, kind of a bonus question for those in okay. the UK. In the UK, who like get the bonus tracks usually, um, what are your lucky. thoughts on someone like, uh, let's say, here in Austin, we've got Paul Ray of um, 
you know, KUT. What are your thoughts on Paul Ray? Well, Paul Ray, um, Paul Ray is an institution. I mean, he was with the Cobras uh, with Stevie Ray Vaughan's, and uh, he's um, an amazing guy. Twine Time's a great show. You know, it's unfortunate that um, he's not doing the jazz show anymore. I mean, I with Twine Time, I like a lot, particularly when he does the old rhythm and blues and blues songs, yeah. you know. Um, love Paul Ray, love Larry Monroe. I mean, this guy's an institutions, and hopefully Paul Ray continues to do what he does for years, you know. Uh, I think KUT is a good station. It's maybe not like it was 20 years ago. I mean, Co-op has sort of become like KUT. We become that, um, and... Uh, it's amazing in the eight years I've been with the station how far this co-op has progressed. It's we become a lot more professional. Our shows are sound a lot better. We have very few what I call amateur shows, mm-hmm. and we've gotten a lot more acclaim. A lot of folks know about us more and more, and we have more and more of a presence, and we've had a couple of fundraisers which have gone very well. And I should mention, if I haven't already, that KOP is a volunteer station we have two full, full-time staff members two part-time the rest of us don't make a penny off anything we do there that includes the pledge drive and we do a lot of stuff too besides doing our radio show at the <laughs> station so it's well worth supporting local businesses to support cart radio's community station and uh it, it, like i said you're going to hear music and news news you're not yeah. going to hear elsewhere Excellent. on the austin airways yeah i mean there's any n- n- number of shows and I'm particularly fond of Saturdays because we got the lounge show, Adventures in Sound, of course, mm-hmm. Graveside Service, uh, Non Breaking Space, The Dark Side Daddy, Clear yeah. Spot, Stronger Than Dirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a damn good lineup on Saturdays. But, you know, I mean, other days we have Jamaican Gold, uh, we have Strictly Bluegrass, mm-hmm. we have Under the X in Texas, we have uh, Country Swing and Rock and Billy Jamboree, Oak um, Many Ritual Hour, Soul Vaccination. I mean, there's so many great shows. Line up at KOP.org, and we're having more and more internet-only shows as well. So check out the schedule, folks, KOP.org. Definitely. Dennis Kampa, is there anything that we have not touched on in your life, in your career, that you (laughs) would like to talk about on video? Well, I would try to make it short. As you can tell, I usually don't have short answers to (laughs) to questions. Uh, But I appreciate uh, Elnor and Leroy for asking me to come here tonight. Uh, just, I guess, not take life seriously, folks. You know, keep uh, digging. Try to find what you like, not what the mass media likes. That sounds cliched, but it is true that whether it goes with music, movies, or food, or friends, you know, there's a lot out there. And Austin's a hell of a town to live in and be from, too. So that and, you know, and what can I say? Austin's got a lot of good-looking women. Another one, another reason I'll never leave, too. So, uh, but heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say thank you all a lot. Thank you so very much. Yeah, keep on rocking in the free world. Keep on rocking <laughs> in the free world, Dennis. <laughs> See you. You too. Good night. Night. Good night.